Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go. Kickoff. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's Knows Home Improvement. Week 16 in the National Football League. How did we get here? But this is a no-nonsense episode. Boomer's got vacation to take. Booms, how are you, buddy? You know, I'm doing great, Mike. Merry Christmas to you and to all of our listeners out there this weekend. It's a great weekend of football, of course, and I have to work on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I am not complaining. It is a privilege Uh to cover the NFL. It's a privilege to work for CBS. But it does get in the way of a few personal things. But at the end of the day, we all love football, don't we? We do. Um, You know what I want to do? We're going to throw the Thursday night game right into the rundown. No wasted motion. Scones hit it. The NFL Rundown. All right. Brief note on Thursday night. I wanted your take, Boomer. Dennis Allen, notably conservative, went wild, man. A couple of fourth downs that had everybody in a furor last night. What would you make of that before I ask you a question about the NFC South? You know, I think he was worried about playing against Matthew Stafford. You know, I think he was a smart coach last night and put it all out there for his team to try and go and win it. The problem is he's got Derek Carr. He doesn't have Matthew Stafford. You know, Mike, I always tell you, when you go into a game as a coach, you got to realize who you're playing, how are they playing when you're playing them, and are they totally healthy all across the board? And quite frankly, the last seven weeks, I could tell you the hottest quarterback in the league has been Matthew Stafford. And I think that Dennis Allen went went into the game thinking that. I've been saying it here in Detroit. I go, you guys think you want a piece of the Rams and a piece of Stafford because, you you know, you want to send him home. I go, I'll tell you right now, you don't want a piece of him. Not the way they're playing. They're frisky. I like them. Yeah, so I'm not going to kill. Dennis Allen. I mean, no, no. Look, they made a bad decision with Derek Carr, but Derek Carr was the one guy out there that they needed a guy and they gave him a lot of money. And Derek's a nice player. Don't get me wrong, but he is not Matthew Stafford. That's the way no. I look at it. So who wins the South? I think nobody wants this thing. Well, you know, I think t- I t- I'll tell you, wants it. Baker Mayfield wants it. And Baker oh, Mayfield boy. has bet on himself and he has played great on the road. Hasn't played so good in Tampa, but has played great on the road. I thought the Saints were going to win the South. Uh, maybe they still do somehow. That would be a miracle. But the way that Baker Mayfield has been playing as of late, and especially on the road, I think it's it's theirs. There, it's their south for the taking is is for the Bucks. All right, the Bills are back? Question mark. Like I think so. I I know this Joe Brady thing has helped their performance against Dallas. Physical, just hammers and nails, man. 
And look at this. We've turned Josh Allen and taken some of the weight off of him. Boomer, they might be back. They're doing things we didn't think they could do. Well, they are back, and he's back for sure, and they have run the ball a lot more. And now they go on the road, and they go to play the Chargers. Nice weather, and guess what? No Justin Herbert. It's who you play and when you play them. And uh, yeah. right now they are catching the Chargers at the right time. Coaches fired. Um, this is a perfect setup for the Bills to finish this season strong, get into the playoffs, and then be one of those teams that you do not want to play because of the way that Josh Allen has been playing over the last four or five weeks. He looks like the Josh Allen that we saw in week two, three, and four before they went to London. Yeah, and I, I, I love running the ball. You can't overstate it. James Cook, you've always wondered why do they not give him the ball more. Physical, you know, just seeks the contact. Impressive as hell, but on the other side of it, um, uh, you guide it. You, I need you to guide me. Do I need to change my view of the Cowboys? Like I was ready to have them as the two in the NFC, and he just got obliterated. I don't want to change, but I need to know if I need to. Uh, they're not going to be the number two in the NFC, and uh, I do think that Philadelphia, based on their schedule, they got to play Arizona and the Giants right. twice here in the last three weeks. And I told you last week that Dallas could enjoy being number two and have the lead in the NFC East, and they can still feel that way because Philadelphia goes out and lays an egg and loses to uh, Seattle late in the game. But I, I just still think that Philadelphia is going to end up with the NFC East lead, and they should be the number two seed going into the playoffs. And I would think that Philadelphia will get their, their game right this week against the Giants. We'll talk about that when we get ready to pick them. But uh, Philadelphia has really struggled here offensively. But I think going to Matt Patricia, honestly, as a defensive coordinator, I know you can make fun of him out there as a head coach in Detroit. We can make fun of him as an offense coordinator (laughs) last year in New England. But the guy knows defense. And I thought that their defense played a lot better in Seattle than they had the previous three weeks. Yeah, and and again, all right, Eagles will be the two seed. for, For me, I'd like to know where you're at. I mean, San Francisco far and away number one best team. But the second best team, forget seeding. If I put them on a field tomorrow and we play again, are you taking Philly over Dallas? I would. Well, it depends on where the game is played. Let's say it's in Philly. If if it's in Philly, I'm definitely taking Philly. If it's played in Dallas, Uh then I'm definitely taking Dallas. Dallas is a completely different team at home. Um, And that's that's why the game in Miami this week is so important for Dallas. So the Eagles, right? You just brought it up. All right, let's give them some credit with the Patricia thing. I'll tell you it's never a great idea switching a defensive coordinator this late in the year. But, I mean, what do they do well exactly right now? You know what I mean? Offensively, they're all over the place. Defensively, we know their weaknesses. You got beat by Drew Locke. And part of that reason is you only scored 17 points. Where are you at confidence level with the Eagles that they're going to make a meaningful run in these playoffs? Well, I do know that Jalen Hurts was playing with the flu last week, so he wasn't 100%. I do know that, and I'm sure he'll be 100% against the Giants. I worry about their defense, but then again, I go all the way back to week one when you and I were discussing these teams, and I told you that there was going to be growing pains with the Eagles simply because they lost both of their coordinators and I think that's really come back to haunt them. And I wish I wish Jalen Hurts would play the position of quarterback the way that Brock Purdy plays it as opposed to the way that, you know, Patrick Mahomes plays it. Patrick Mahomes is on a different planet than everybody else. And he sure. can get away with certain things, and he does not nearly have the players on the field with him that Jalen Hurts has. And I'm sure that Nick Sirianni is just banging his head against, his, against the wall in his office when nobody can see him because Jalen is missing a lot of open guys. And you could tell by the frustration of wide receivers 
when they're running their routes and the ball is not on them like it was for the Rams on Thursday night. Like the receivers of the Rams know the ball's coming. And that's why, you know, they're all in sync with one another. Jalen, for whatever reason, is not seeing the opposing defenses and defenses are playing him differently. And I think he is really struggling mightily and it's frustrating to watch. Even though his numbers are decent, they're not as good as they should be. No, no, and the turnovers are a big part of it too. I mean that—that's you know, if you're sloppy, it's one thing. The the, the turnovers are, have been egregious this year. You can't win that way, Mike. They got—they got—they got the best offensive line. They have a running yep. game with DeAndre Swift. They have three wide receivers that are off the charts. Does. They have a tight end that is definitely, uh, you know, I would say a top ten tight end in the league. There's no reason other than the quarterback not seeing it, not playing the way he's supposed to be playing. Are they struggling now? They're ten and four. I mean, they're a good team, but if Jalen can get hot here the last three weeks against, uh, you know, lesser opponents, then maybe he goes into the playoffs with a level of confidence that we haven't seen from him this year. And maybe he, you know, all of a sudden finds that magic and they go on a magical run to the Super Bowl. All right, Ravens, business trip. Get it done. Mission accomplished. We'll save a lot of the Ravens conversation for best of the best. They're in that game. But the Jags, I, I what? And I understand Lawrence, the injury, you know, Cam Robinson, the injury. But, but Boomer, all year, you and I have been searching. Hey, are they going to get this right? I think they got it right. Blown out. Hey, they might be right again. Bad loss. I, are they going to lose? The, are they going to lose the division? Uh, I don't. You know, it's an interesting. It's an interesting di- dynamic because they have to play the Bucks this week, and we were just talking about. I Who's think they're going to lose that MCs? game, by the way. Yeah, I, so if they lose that game, now all of a sudden the Texans game takes even on more importance. And I don't know what the Texans are doing with C.J. Stroud just yet. We're not, we're not sure yet as we're no. talking today. Um, but, yeah, I would say that sooner or later, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence has shown the ability to be the leader. He's played hurt. Um, he's played tough. I, I think he's a tough kid. Um, but there's sooner or later they're going to have to win one of these games. And this is like the type of game that he has to go out there and win. I think they're a better team than the Bucs. Um, I, su- I would suspect that he will have a much better game this week because he'll have a full week of practice. He won't look like he's out of sync. And uh, this will be interesting because you and I have placed him on a pedestal. I think along with everybody else, just simply because he was the number one overall pick and everybody expected so much out of him. And right now I would tell you that he is not as good as we have expected him to be at this point. Some of it's injury, but some of it, is him like he's got to take over and he's got to be the leader that they expect him to be. So hopefully this will be a game where he shows he's a dynamic player and they will beat the Bucks. Yeah, and you know, part, Boomer, part of it we've always had this talk that, that that offensive line, it's the Achilles heel of the entire team. They got talent at every level, but that old line with or without Cam Robinson, it's not good enough. But I mean, I again, I'm not taking the weight off of him. I'm not an apologist for Trevor Lawrence. But part of the – I mean, you know what it reminds me of? Here, I'll, I'll skip ahead. So, we have these conversations in Detroit all the time. And a lot of Lions fans, believe it or not, they don't like Jared Goff. They don't want him here. And they go, guys, be careful what you wish for. The guy over a 30-game sample size has been, by numbers, second-best quarterback in the NFC. I bring this up for a reason. Here's the stat to end all stats. Last Saturday, the Lions destroyed the Broncos. That was only the fifth game. They had their starting offensive line together, right? All five projected starters. Here's what they look like, and by way, Goff looks like, when the line is together. They're 5-0 and this year. They score almost 40 points a game. They run for 180. 
425 a game in total offense, and Jared Goff, 121 QB ranking. I only bring it up because when Goff doesn't have his O-line, totally different player. You, it, It's not reinventing the wheel to suggest if a QB's line is terrible, oh, and by the way, he's hampered by a high ankle sprain, you might not get the best results. Yeah, it's the same thing with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, all quarterbacks go through it. Some quarterbacks were able to overcome it, and like Joe Burrow did, and he took maybe one of the worst collection of offensive linemen yeah. due to injuries and everything else to a Super Bowl. That's how great Joe Burrow was that year. But right, Mahomes the year prior. Remember yeah, when yeah. they went and played Tampa? Yeah, you have to overcome some of these things. There's there's no question about it. And you know what would be interesting is if there is a first-round matchup between the Rams and the Lions in Detroit, that would be awesome. I would love to see oh, Matthew Stafford on the same field against uh you know against Stafford I mean against Goff who's going against his former team that would be amazing that would be an amazing first round matchup um, that's what I'm hoping for but the Lions played their best game of the season last week I don't care they kicked the living yep. crap out of the uh the Broncos now can they do it on the road when they play against the Viking team with their fourth quarter uh-oh uh-oh uh, we'll get trouble to spot. it spot yes uh, yeah yeah oh is this is this a Greg Giannotti trouble spot yes we'll, we'll get to it in the picks <laughs> um I put this the end two ways. Me as a fan watching, you can either tell me I'm right or I'm out of my mind. Jets with Salah, Steelers with Tomlin. It just felt different. It felt like, you know what, these two guys might be done. Well, I think Salah's got Aaron Rodgers in his corner. And as long as Aaron Rodgers is committed to the Jets over the next two years, which he has said he is over the last two weeks, and he's not going to play this year, we all know that, uh, then I think Robert Sala is safe. I think Joe Douglas is safe. I think they're safe. As far as Tomlin is concerned, the Rooney family is not known to listen to anybody. They go, uh, they beat to their own drum. Yeah. They don't get forced by anything. They have a legacy franchise. They know that. Uh, I think it's how they finish this year. I know it's a bad look with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. It's a really bad look. And it looks like the you know the the players are running the team and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's about as ugly as it gets in that regard. But if somehow, some way, they wait, make their way into the playoffs, which they still have a very good chance of doing, uh, then I don't think we're talking about Mike Tomlin leaving Pittsburgh. Okay. Colts, explain this one because nobody talks about them. But here they are at 8-6. and six. The problem is they're not good at anything. I mean, metrically speaking, but yet they win games. I mean, how are they doing this? I think their defense is a big part of it, and Gardner Minshew is kind of fun. You know, I think he's a guy that we all enjoy watching. Uh, there are games where he could throw three interceptions. He reminds me like a throwback guy, like he's a Ken Stabler type of guy. <laughs> you know, he's all over oh, the place. Way back. Yeah, but I love it. I love the way he plays, you know, and, and I think uh, he's the perfect insurance policy for the Colts. They do run the ball effectively, by the way. They also do have it when, when healthy. They do, do have, one, they have one of the better offensive lines, and their defensive line is playing great and uh, Zaire Franklin is one of the be- better tacklers in the league. So I, Well, he's I, the reason they got rid of Shaq Leonard. That's exactly right. Contract. Right. So their defense and, and Gardner Minshew, I can't take in the, I can't give him enough credit. You know, in terms of backup quarterbacks this year, you know, he's like one of the top three overall backup quarterbacks. If there was an award for a backup quarterback who has saved the season, he would be in the running for that award right now. All right, question. I'm, I'm doing this for me, for Scones, for Giants fans everywhere. I just need you to tell me with what you feel today, knowing what you know, talking to who you talk to, whatever it may be, if the Giants end up with a top five pick, which they're on the fringe of right now, 
Will they select a quarterback and make my Christmas dreams come true? I say yes. Um, And I say yes. And I say they may even make a trade to get up to a guy that they really want. Um, But if they they fall out of it, look, I don't think they're going to win any one of their last three games here. I don't. Good. Uh, I don't. I, I think that uh, they got a you know tough finishing schedule here. Tommy DeVito is a nice story. Um, I'm not crazy about all the nuts stuff going on all around the field with him and what what like family friends and everybody else is doing to this kid. Rest uh, in peace to your 15 minutes of fame, Cutlass. That that's you, what you it feels like. And your party city agent. Goodbye now. Bye. <laughs> that's how. That's how, that's exactly how it feels. That's it. We will get to a lot more. A lot to do with the picks. Don't make a move. And it is the giving of the gifts later. Right now, I want to tell you about Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequilas, the Reposado, Añejo, Blanco, Cristalino, or the Mezcal. It's Casamigos tequila brought to you by those who drink it. And Casamigos tequila reminds you to please celebrate responsibly. 